0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to AB Conversations, where we will help you CFP your way out of it. A podcast where you get into the minds of a couple certified financial planners on how we think and feel about everyday financial planning questions and what should really matter most to you. A healthier financial life starts
1: now. Hey, Adam, welcome back to your podcast. Hey, thanks for having me on your podcast yeah
0: (laughs) we are cruising into the fourth quarter here there's a lot going on in the world um but we're going to continue to i'll say share some thoughts on our end with how we go about taking all that's happening in the world and all the relationships we have and funnel it into this thing we call financial planning so (laughs) yeah that's the plan today fun stuff isn't it yeah if um if you are a consistent listener, our last one was on this concept of whiteboarding. Like how do we actually go about the process of mm-hmm. planning? Um, mm-hmm. I enjoyed that conversation. I hope others did too. Um, yeah. But I think today we kind of want to take the next step, if that's a fair way of putting it. You know, if people come to us with a fire or a decision, they need help with something, we do this whiteboarding process. We have this plan, we help them try to implement it. And then boom, life happens, right? Things yeah. change. Yeah. I mean, we could we could go through that litany litany of things that uh, happen in people's life. You get then the next big decision needs to be made, or you know, life gets in the way, markets go bad, you have high anxiety moments. Uh, there's a anything, right? No yeah. plan
1: goes to plan. Right, right. Like, it's it's, and I guess we can we can look at this through the lens of like two different scenarios. It's you know, we we're doing I'll say an initial plan, right? When we're first Um, you know guiding someone through that planning process Mm -hmm. ultimately we go through our our planning tool and there's a likelihood of success you know in in the simulation that that puts out you know just zero to a hundred percent how close are they to kind of achieving what they say they want to achieve you know their goals and and financially are they on track Um, and that can happen in that initial process but oftentimes once you kind of go through that initial planning process you're kind of in I'll say like maintenance mode, where we're still checking in on things. We have this to do list, and we're making sure things are on track. But as you said, we can't just kind of set it aside and say, "Well, we did all these things initially up front. And now they're done, and we just can just you know wipe our hands and now life is just going to be grand moving forward. We have this plan, <laughs> and we're just going to follow it to a T. Nothing's going to change, and we're just going to be happy as as uh, pigs and you know what, you know, moving forward. But <laughs> so oftentimes it is going back to maybe not necessarily that original plan but as you said as there are these inflection points or just 2022 is the perfect example from a market perspective right investment returns just being bad across the board going back to that planning tool and going back to that likelihood of success to really see yes it feels bad in this this you know narrow snapshot in time but did it really move the needle a whole heck of a lot? If we're still projecting out, you know, 25, yeah. 30 years, is this just another data point that was factored in or, and am I still on track? So I think it is interesting to kind of look through that lens as a way to kind of just get a little bit more perspective again, where maybe you haven't done planning in a little bit to so just give yourself some peace of mind, or if it's not looking good, then at least you now know, now yeah. I can make, now I can make a pivot. I can adjust when I need to adjust
0: so I liken this a little bit, um, personal story. I hope it's okay to share with you and all our friends listening. (laughs) Um, you know, big believer in the coaching process and having, you know, somebody in my life that I'm able to work through, we'll say plans with, Mm -hmm. and for as optimistic a person as I can be, um, I, I'm going to speak for her here. And if she listens to the podcast, she can call me out on it and I'll apologize. But like, I know I can be annoying because we'll make some sort of plan and then in my head, I'm going to like slow down and audibly sometimes say to her, yeah, but what if this happens? And then what if this Mm -hmm. happens? Like I start to think of all the things that can go wrong. And Mm -hmm. I think that's somewhat natural when you're making plans, if you're really trying to be efficient about it. So Mm -hmm. bring this all the way back around the title of the podcast. you know, How does this idea of likelihood of success hopefully change that conversation? Um, And we should talk about what likelihood of success is. Yeah. But that's that's really the goal here. Is there an interactive way for you and I and Holly with our clients to sit down in the conference room with them, put all this data there, try to poke holes in this, whether Mm -hmm. it's a made up situation in your mind or something that's right in front of you that you need to decide on, be able to go through it so that those yeah, but, or I don't trust this or I don't feel like this will work, that we can start to try to. Put some of those things aside or calm those fears down.
1: Yeah. So yes, we will get into the likelihood of success. I'll go through that. But yeah, I think sometimes it is just those, those what ifs or those complete unknowns that just, just talking about them and starting to figure out, okay, well, if this happens, like what are my options. and sometimes mm. you don't necessarily have to have all the answers. it's just to know that there are options out there that, you know, I'm not just going to be flying blind. that in and of itself sometimes is enough to just ease that, you know, kind of wave of anxiety that if something like this happens, it's maybe it won't be completely devastating, you know, to to my plan and then to my life as long as i know that there are other ways that I can address it if it ever happens. And sometimes we've seen like, you know, that's enough just to have people verbalize it, get it out of their head, right? And then, like you said, poke holes a little bit in what is this going to look like? And we can start to guide and say, well, if this happens, then here are, here are your choices or here's what could work for your situation. and And it hopefully, right, it still works out in the plan. And that likelihood of success is still high enough that they feel confident that, okay, that was a concern in my head, but now that I see it, it may not completely go away, but I'm not as concerned about it as I was when I first you know, started talking about it.
0: Yeah, and the beauty, the beauty of likelihood of success that we really wanna to share today is we can model that. Mm-hmm. We can model what a change would look like. And maybe it is, I, I feel like I'm now pulling from recent situations, yeah. right? Maybe it is the world is so crazy. I feel like there's nothing in my control my investments are in my control if i do something different i'll feel better well let's mm-hmm. let's model it because it's yeah. a completely mm-hmm. rational thing to want to avoid anxiety but that could be a very costly decision yeah. so let's yeah. let's try to quantify that and this likelihood of success tool i think just really does a good job breaking down the barrier between us and our clients and what could be just financial jargon and we're going to throw all these stats you. Yeah. We, we know what we're doing it brings them to the level playing field with us to let's just dumb it down to a number. What what maps out like best case scenario for you? All right. I feel like we've gone through half the podcast and have talked about I <laughs>
1: know, I know. Monte, I know. So Monte Carlo and E-Money yeah. do it. So yeah, let's go into the like, likelihood of success. What does that actually mean to us? How do we figure that out? So we use a tool, a planning tool called E-Money. And within E-Money, there is a, a section called the decision center where we have all these different variables that we can mess with and adjust and adapt and throw in all these different what-if scenarios and ultimately run what is called a Monte Carlo simulation. And in this tool, it's a thousand different randomized trials. Um, So we're taking away some of that straight line, like linear variable. So think rate of return on your investments. We know that we would love, right? Can you imagine a world, Ben, where if we just said, hey, we're shooting for 6% rate of return year over year, and every single year that was what you achieved, it would make planning pretty darn easy <laughs> to a certain it extent. Take, it would take the advising side of relationships and make it a little bit easier to That's true, that's true. So, <laughs> so we know that doesn't happen in reality. So this tool is essentially using some backdated historical data to randomize some of those returns to mimic a more sure. real life example. And that's just one, right inflation we can put in different levels of expenses, things like that just it gives us the ability to poke more holes and not just assume that everything is going to be static you know the 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 assumptions we're making in the plan are not you know again linear in fashion than that it's going to stay that way forever yeah this is what makes it not just an online calculator
0: or not right look i'm I'm a lover of spreadsheets, but this is this is mm-hmm. not a spreadsheet right where you right. are working with specific data that you are making
1: assumptions straight line on. So, yeah. Now the tool, when we say likelihood of success, the tool is defining success or the simulation is success is having at least $1 of liquid assets. So investment assets left over on the day that you pass away. So it is, it is, you know, kind of black and white in that sense that if you run out of money at some point before whatever that life expectancy is that we're, making an assumption on in the tool. <laughs> For us, it's usually age 95. So if you run out of money before age 95, that looks like failure in the eyes of the tool. So it's gonna run these thousand different trials. And if you passed 900 of them with a dollar left over on the day that you pass away, you have a 90% likelihood of success. Meaning you know nine out of 10 times, you're gonna be perfectly fine. You're gonna have a dollar left, at least a dollar left to your name when you pass away. And for us, that's that's success in the eyes of this tool.
0: Love it. Yeah. And it, so what it helps us do, taking that just one step further, when there are specific planning discussions to be had or even decisions to be made, you know, think of maybe the reasons why people would come to us. Um, when can I retire? You know, a timeline. How much can I spend? What rate of return do I need? Uh, we often get the, should I pay off my mortgage or shouldn't I? When do I take Social Security? These are all examples of things that we can now model out. What if we retire at 62 versus 65? What if we spend $120,000 a year versus 150? What all those what ifs, we can isolate those variables and run different scenarios and then see how that likelihood of success changes. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, it's, it's so to that end, and you can, I think you said it earlier, right? Like what, what rate of return do I need? It's, it's interesting because we can essentially isolate singular variables start to change numbers and then see what that impact is. Now we know usually it's not that straightforward, right? If you're changing one variable, that may mean you know some others are are affected too. There's dominoes, there's trade-offs to everything. Um but yeah, it, it's it's just a nice way to kind of frame the conversation and do that interactively um, you know, with a client. So yeah, I'm not sure where I was where I was going next. My well, my thought is like,
0: so then let's, you know, going back to the title of the podcast here, how how does this tool? How does this exercise that we do kind of change the situation? I'm wondering if we don't just get yeah. into storytelling mode here. You know, you pick yeah. pick one, I'll pick one, you pick two, I'll, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. Let's use our time and maybe <laughs> map out a map out a scenario that we remember sitting in that conference room or sitting on Zoom, however we've met with this person mm-hmm, and say, mm-hmm. let's go back to the tool and how that we think really
1: affected them in a positive way. Or how yeah, I did. think yeah, I think the one that the one that comes to my mind um, is going through a year like 2022 from an investment standpoint made a lot of people question, "Am I still okay?" Right? You're yeah. you're op- opening up statements. There's there was nowhere to hide. Stocks were down, bonds were down, and I think I mean we talked about that in in numerous podcasts, but I think that the fact that bonds did not. Pulled up and didn't do their job as diversifiers. And there was many reasons for that. That hurt a lot of um, a lot of people's kind of psychological, you know, relationship with their investment accounts. We understand that stocks are going to be volatile over time. It was it was the bond side. I think that really really punished people. Um, so we we had many conversations of, I see my statement. I'm seeing my values fall. I retired. Put in a date but it, it felt more uh, visceral for people that had retired very recently and were relying on their investments for, for withdrawals and now feeling like, oh crap, do I need to go back to work? Um, so for us just to kind of go back into the decision center to go back to this Monte Carlo simulation and say, yes, we know stocks are down you know, 20%, bonds are down over 10%. But when we go to that decision center, we can still see that well, your likelihood of success went from maybe it was ninety-one percent, and now it's showing you know eighty-seven mm-hmm. percent. Yes, it didn't go up, but it wasn't. It's not catastrophic, right? We don't think it's going to lead to a drastic change, you know, in yeah. your lifestyle. We have to get on the other side of this, um, but I think even just something as simple as that, just to see the bigger picture, right? We're looking now long term again, and not just this very short window of time where. Just nothing really felt positive. Um, yeah. Sometimes just zooming out gives a little bit more perspective on kind of that. Again, that that long term, we know that over time we're going to have bad years in the market, and that just happened to be one of them. Um, and it yeah. was enough to just have those conversations and kind of hold people's hand through that. That this is okay. We planned for this right? The, that, the whole point of that Monte Carlo simulation is not straight line returns again. Right, right. Um, but just being able to kind of see that was oftentimes enough to just take that first layer of anxiety off the table.
0: So that's well said, because I'm like, I'm reliving some of those conversations. <laughs> and I'm I'm remembering one of them in particular, where You know, it then led to, okay, but I really liked being in, the. this this is going to sound silly, but, but I really liked my likelihood of success being in the nineties. Like now I'm in the eighties. Like what, what's the, okay. So now if we reduce your spending by how much, what got us back there, right? You can start to play with these dominoes. Yeah. And when you saw, saw the annual spending needed to go from, I'm making it up now, but Mm -hmm. it was something like this, $120,000 a year to $116,000 a year. (laughs) Right. Like that feels so minute. And mm-hmm. we know that the next time we have returns that are better than we that's anticipated, yep. um, we're going to be, we're going to be right back there. So um, I remember you saying it last year, when in doubt, zoom out. It's hard to do in the moment. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I really like, and I that's probably a great example of where that likelihood of success, we can just go back to it and see where it was. Um, we run that report annu-
1: annually. We are just talking about that today. We'll run it again yeah. on December yeah.
0: 31st so we can archive this and show people how it changes over time.
1: Yeah, and it's and I guess we should should have said this earlier. It's not like we're relying on that likelihood of success as you know. It's it's not the be all end all. It's not. It it carries some weight, but it's you know we're not just relying on that as well. The tool said this, so you're going to be fine. Yes, it's 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 more just to again frame the conversation and let's just talk through it. Um, Again, we're not relying that on as a as a pass fail and yes you're going to be fine or no you're not. It's there's so much gray, and. As you said earlier, there's so many assumptions built in to those projections, but that's why it's important to review regularly too. Because had we been having this same conversation three years ago, we probably wouldn't have factored in a high level of inflation that we've been seeing recently either. Right. So yeah, just, it's it's good to revisit, even yep. without you know particular triggers. Let's
0: we'll so, talk about another one. What's kind of sticking in my head is is still that just that idea of trade offs on how mm-hmm. a client may focus on one variable and then we're able to go okay well then let's see what we need to do with these other variables right and yeah. I I go back to those situations where somebody has maybe a timeline for retirement but they don't love mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. right work has gotten more difficult or expectations on me have gone up um, <laughs> but I don't feel like I can retire so yeah I love I love that well let's jump back into e-money together, I know we had you retiring at 65, you're 62 now, what would need to be different? And maybe maybe it was as simple as saying, all right, well, maybe I don't need to work full-time for one more year or three more years if I'm willing to kind of putz around part-time for a multiple of that, right? Is mm-hmm. this a trade-off I'm willing to make? And that's an example where, again, the likelihood of success may look different, I mm-hmm. mean, may look the same under two different scenarios that we built so that we can just have a conversation on, okay, how does this feel? Yeah. What, what do you, what do you like or not like about this? It's it's a, it generates the conversation.
1: Yeah. I love that one so much because I, yeah, so, so, so many conversations, especially it's, it's around that retirement planning idea and that timeline you know, I'm, I'm thinking of, of a few people in my head that just, you, you get to the, I don't want to say the end of your career, but you get that close to retirement, and with how much the, the workforce has changed, and how much that work environment has clearly changed these last few years, we're, I think I'm seeing more and more people that are de- trying to decide, as you said, at the trade-off of, do I just work one more year part-time in a job that's really tough? I'm not I don't love it anymore. It's it's harder and harder every day. Or is is it even possible for me to step back, do something part-time that I enjoy more, maybe get some of my time back, ease into retirement a little bit, even yeah. though I may I may end up having to work a little bit longer, but if it's something I enjoy, I don't I don't necessarily feel that, you know, crush of a Monday morning. That sometimes is enough for people to to make that decision and and even if they decide, you know what, I'd rather just work that one more year. I can, I can get through it for a year. I know it's not going to be the funnest thing, but I can get to the end of that and then I can fully retire. Again, it's all about perspective to make those decisions. And I I think that's, I mean, that's what planning is all about for us is just kind of prioritizing, giving those options and trying to figure out just what's, what's going to work best for somebody, but ultimately it comes down to education. We're not, we're not giving somebody the answers so much as we are just kind of yeah. Helping them through that thought process and helping them figure out what's best for them. We're not making that decision. We're just kind of giving them the tools to figure out for themselves what's going to work.
0: Well, I love the fact that it does boil down to that one number.
1: So without yeah. us
0: having to like financial plan upon them and do all these mathematical things that mm-hmm. I know we can do with the calculator and spreadsheets and blah, 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 blah. That's not the point. The point is situation A, you've got that 91% likelihood of success. Situation B is 90 okay now it's coin flip now what do you want like which Mm -hmm. one of these situations feels Mm -hmm. better it's just it dumbs it all the way down to like focusing on one thing and i i really really enjoy this is these are probably the most rewarding conversations that we can have because usually get to the end the end of that and all that anxiety of not knowing what would happen if they do something different you know starts to go away
1: yeah i think that's i mean that's just planning in general for us Right. When, when, when somebody comes to us and just the it's, I was going to say uh, paralysis by analysis, but sometimes it's, it's not even that it's just, it's complete blank sheet of paper. And I don't know what I don't know. And I'm afraid to make a decision one way or the other, because I have just no idea how these dominoes can fall. And I, if I make this one decision, I just don't know what the, what the other you know, fallout from this decision can be. And I just I'm I'm very hesitant to make this decision because I just don't know what the outcome can look like. And I think that's actually, clearly that's unbiased, but that's where I think we're valuable to just explore what what's out there and, and use our experience and expertise to help narrow down some of some of those options. So do we do we want to go into another one? You got another one? Yeah, it's a recent example. I think we talked about it on another podcast too. Um, I don't know if that was the rent or buy your fund one, but buying a second property or in this yeah. instance, you know, bu- buying buying a place at the beach, it was, what's the best way to pay for it, right? Have investments, have cash flow. Do I take a mortgage? Do I not take a mortgage? How much do I take out of my account? What am I taking from savings? Just putting that puzzle together and, you know, financially. Everyone's got their own preferences on debt and what they're comfortable you know carrying from that side of things. Um, and we know that you know with a mortgage, you're going to pay interest over time. All of that said, being able to to put these different scenarios in the planning tool, run the different simulations and see that likelihood of success. Again, just to kind of isolate this scenario looks like this, this scenario, isn't wildly different, but here's what the likelihood of success looks like. You know, does it make sense to take more out of my investments today and not carry a mortgage? Or does it make sense to carry a mortgage and, you know, leave my investments intact and, and use that to help accelerate payments over time? It's just the way that we can kind of model things. Again, it all just comes down to framing the conversation, giving some additional perspective and enough education that anybody can then feel good about whatever decision that they make right, because what what would you do different in your life?
0: This is a rhetorical question, unless you really <laughs> good. Answer. Thank you no. <laughs> what, what would you do different in your life? i'll put, I'll put myself to it. What would I do differently in my life if I like wasn't thinking about the negative dominoes or I wasn't thinking like what what is the most responsible thing to do? Would I spend mm. an extra five thousand dollars trying to finish the basement right now in a way that I know that we'd probably enjoy later in yeah. life? Yeah. Um, when I, when I often think, well, I'm probably not putting enough away for college education right now. So <laughs> to, to be able to stack like everything, to be able to stack yeah. everything in that tool and be able to isolate one thing and then see the dominoes. I think that was the what I was taking away from this whole, you know, do I spend a chunk of money, whether it's a beach house or anything, whatever, mm-hmm. what are the dominoes? What are the unintended consequences of that? And if I have my planner's help in being able to talk through what those things are or what those things aren't. I'm going to feel more confident, I think, just doing the thing that
1: I feel best about right now. Yeah, I, and it's interesting that the, the thought that just popped into my head, and I don't know that I ever had this thought before in my life, Ben. Um, I think it, it, it can help with- i can. I know, me too. It can help with the people who, who are on the extremes in terms of how they approach decisions. And I say that meaning, you know, I think about myself and just that scenario you laid out. I am very much a, how can this go wrong? before I make a decision, right? I'm focused on the, how is this going to go bad? How do I wanna prepare for it? And you know, again, I think that just speaks to me yeah. as a planner, right, it's, that's why mm-hmm. I think I do this. Um, but we certainly have clients that, that think that way too. And I think that's where going through this process is helpful because you can start to quantify the impact of some of those what if, like how, how can sure. this go wrong scenarios? But then I think it also works on the flip side for people that don't necessarily worry too much about what can go wrong. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with being an optimist, right? And just kind of go- mm-hmm. going through life that it's all gonna work out and I'm just gonna keep keep doing my thing and it's it's worked so far. Um, but I think that's where, again, we're- those, those people are harder and harder to find, by the way. <laughs> yeah, they're probably much happier than, than I am too, but <laughs> that's just my neuroses. Um, but I, again, it, it's just, it's. For people that may not necessarily worry too much about that, that again, I, it, it's it's just making sure that there's not something kind of lurking behind the corner that isn't planned for. Maybe they're not worried yeah. about, but if it's something from our aspect that is meaningful to be planned for in the conversation, and again, it just gives us that that perspective to be able to have the conversation. I think that's a great
0: summary. You know, the, if you could if you could dumb it down to like what is this tool most for? It's that context. And I'm yeah. glad you used the word like quantify the event in terms of hopefully much longer term success. It's it's yeah. it's good that some people are gut people, but some people need hard data. They need to be like reassured in some way, and and this is mm-hmm. you know a data way to do it. Um, mm-hmm. it's just understanding the trade offs. You make the best decision that you can. Yeah. And then you get prepared to change again because <laughs> life life will throw another curveball. Yeah, always does. So, thank you. We've now whiteboarding. Likelihood white yeah. bit of success. Yeah. We'll have a we'll have a third one in this scene next time. Mm, little little teaser. Good job. All right,
1: All right sir. Many, thank you. you. Catch you next time. See ya.